with Caroline passing away this week, I told Brother Leroy, I talked with him earlier this week, and I said um, I didn't think I was going to go to Ephesians. Um, I know it's not a subject we like to talk about, but I like to talk about death and dying. You know, we have to understand that death and dying is, is inevitable. We, we're not, we can't escape it. We're, we're, we're never going to be able to escape it. And I know sometimes we say, you know, it's, it's, it's scary sometimes when we realize we're going to have to leave our, our loved ones behind if we're still upon this earth. We're going to have to leave our loved ones behind. And we hope that we've prepared enough for them to be able to live comfortably um, in this world. But and and I know there's there there's the funny not it's a funny joke, but a euphemism people say there's only two things that are certain death and taxes. And it pretty much seems like that, doesn't it? That's about the only two things there is. But but death. What, what we need to look at is we don't have, we have to realize that. Death really shouldn't scare us a whole lot. I guess the thing that's scary is, how do we die? You know what I mean? It's not good if you die in a plane crash or an automobile crash. We don't want to be in pain. You know, we kind of want to be like uh, Dick Butkus. Right, Carl? Died in his sleep. Went to sleep, boom. Died in his sleep. That's how we all want to go, don't we? That's not probably not going to happen for each and every one of us. We do know that people go through cancer. We've seen um, Sister Mabel, Sister May, not, not Mabel, but Sister May, you know, went through cancer, went through a, a really rough time. You know, Jeannie did that. We see uh, Sister Caroline did the same thing, you know. She went through, she was in a lot of pain and everything. And that's the thing. That's the part about it that is scary unto us. But death for a child of God, we realize that earth is not our home. When we die, we're going home. And to show that it's not, you know, you know, and like I said, it's going to happen to each and every one of us unless the Lord comes again. (laughs) If we see the second coming, we're here for the second coming of, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're not going to die a, a, a physical death. We're going to go, we're still going to go to, to be with Him. You know, but if we look at it, uh, if you want to turn to Hebrews chapter 9, there's two verses there, 27 and 28. And it says in verse 27, and it is appointed, I'm sorry, and as it is appointed unto men, once to die, but after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. So we know that it is appointed unto us to die. We're going to die. We have an appointment with death. When that's going to happen, I don't know. Yeah. Because I think that if we knew it, we would live our lives differently. I'm not saying we would live our lives wholly devoted to Him. I hope that would what it would be, that we would grow closer to Jesus if we knew that. But 
we don't know that. So in not knowing it, we need to live our lives to the fullest each and every day. Each and every day. In Ephesians, I think it's chapter 5, it's redeeming the time because the days are evil. What do we, what do we do with the time that we have on this earth? Do we spend it trying to do those things that are pleasing in his sight? Do we do those things that are after the will of our heavenly father? See, these are the things we need to look at. Just like we're, we're not to worry about the second coming of Christ, as we're just talking about, he was talking about him. You know, and unto them that look for him. Do we look for him? Are we waiting for him? And his second coming. You know, is it going to be like, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. This is what we need to look at and to realize that, you know, when we lose loved ones, it's a terrible thing, isn't it? We don't want to lose a loved one, do we? You know, we'd like to hold on to them for as long as we can. But, you know, John, and I got that as one of my verses, John said, you know, what did he say? He says, uh, I know, I am in a strait betwixt two. So I like to say, Brother Lee, he was stuck between a rock and a hard place. He says, for to depart and be with Christ is what I really want. But he says what? But it's more needful for me to be here. I'm going to use Roger as an example. When he had his cancer, doctor said, I just want you to, this is one thing I want to come out of this. Doctors don't know everything, okay? Doctors don't know everything. So, the doctor said, put everything in order. Because you're not going to live too much longer. Now, I guess if God would have spoke to Roger and said, Roger, you need to put your things in order. He would have put his things in order. But his faith does not stand in man. Roger's faith stood in God. And it's been a long time now because it was more needful for him to be here. Okay, as long as we're in this world, it's more needful for us to be here. I know we have an appointment. I don't know. God knows. Okay? So, what I like to say is we're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised tomorrow. Not at all. There's nothing in there. In the Bible that says how many years you're going to live. There's no minimum. There's no maximum. It's somewhere in between here and here. You know what I mean? So it's, but we can't let death and dying bring us down or tear us down, that we're so worried about it and everything. So, you know, look, look, in, look in John for a second.
John chapter 14. I'm sure everybody pretty much know where I'm going to go here. Verses 1 through 6. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, excuse me, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way you know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So we can see right in the beginning, he says, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't worry about things. Don't worry about this. You believe in God, believe also in me. So he's, he's pretty much, you know, just, if you believe in God, believe in me. You know, we talked about he's the great shepherd. And he takes care of his people. And in verse 2, he says, In my Father's house are many mansions. And Jesus really gets into it and says, If it were not so, I would have told you so. I would have told you. There's many rooms. There's many rooms in heaven. Many places for us. And he says, I go to prepare a place for you. I'm preparing a place for you. See, Jesus is, you know, we talk about, there's a lot of promises in the Bible. There's a promise here. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. So we trust that he's going to prepare a place for us. But look, at he doesn't just stop there. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. I will come again. Here's another promise. I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, ye may be also. So he's going to come and receive us unto himself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Where is, where is Jesus Christ today? He's sitting on the right hand of the Father. He's in heaven, isn't he? He's sitting on the right hand of the Father. And we're going to go to be with Him when we die. When we die, we're going to go be with Him. And if we look at it a little bit in a different way, you know, it's, it's a joyful time. It's a joyful time for us. And you're going to say, well, that's kind of strange. Dave, why do you say that? Well, it's going to be a joyful time for us because we're going to go and see people that have went on before us. We can kind of call it a little bit of a family reunion, can't we? You know, 
Brother Rogers going to see Sister Barbara. Brother Leroy's going to see Sister Marge. Bill is going to see his mom and dad. Mabel and Susie are going to see their mom and dad. The family reunion. They're going to see Johnny. They're going to see Jeannie. They're going to be with them. That's why I'm saying it, it's not the darkness that we think it is, Carl. It's not. I want to read something I, I got, I had from, uh, from Spurgeon, morning and evening devotion. It's from Hebrews 2.14 is the verse and says that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. O child of God, death hath, hath, yeah, death hath lost its sting because the devil's power over it is destroyed. Then cease to fear dying. Ask grace from God, the Holy Ghost, that by an intimate knowledge and a firm belief of thy Redeemer's death, thou mayest be strengthened for that dread hour. Living near the cross of Calvary, thou mayest think of death with pleasure and welcome it when it comes with intense delight. It is sweet to die in the Lord. It is a covenant blessing to sleep in Jesus. Death is no longer banishment. It is a return from exile, a going home to the many mansions where the loved ones already dwell. The distance between glorified spirits in heaven and militant saints on earth seems great, but it is not so. We are not far from home. A moment will bring us there. The sail is spread. The soul is launched upon the deep. How long will be its voyage? How many wearying winds must beat upon the sail ere it shall be reefed in the port of peace? How long shall that soul be tossed upon the waves before it comes to the sea which knows no storm? Listen to the answer. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. Your ship has just departed, but is already at its haven. It did but spread its sail, and it was there. Like that ship of old upon the Lake of Galilee, a storm had tossed it, but Jesus said, Peace be still, and immediately it came to land. Think not that a long period intervenes between the instant of death and the eternity of glory. When the eyes close on earth, they open in heaven. The horses of fire are not an instant on the road. Then, O child of God, what is there for thee to fear in death, seeing that through the death of thy Lord its curse and sting are destroyed? But now it is but a Jacob's ladder whose foot is in the dark grave, but its top reaches to glory everlasting. You know, when we close our eyes in death, we open it in heaven. Death has no more sting to us, does it? Not at all. Not at all. When we look at this and see this and understand it, it's just amazing for each and every one of us as we look at that and we see. You know, when he says in verse 4 in chapter 14, and whither I go you know and the way you know. Look at Thomas. He says unto him, you know, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus probably looked at him and Thomas and said, oh boy, you just don't listen to me, do you? And so Jesus says unto him, unto Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by 
me. He is the way. He is the only way. He is the truth, the only truth. He is the life. He is the only life. He is the only life. No man, understand the words, no man can come unto the Father but through Jesus Christ. That's it. That's the only way. We should be thankful for this. You know, we were just, you know, when I was preaching in uh, Ephesians chapter 4 about one. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all is above all and through all and in you all. It's just one. There's one. We've got so many preachers out there in the world today are deceiving the people and not preaching the truth that's contained in the Scriptures. Why? Because there's so many people that aren't, that aren't using this. Okay, and when I'm saying this, I'm not just saying the Bible, it's the King James Version of the Bible. They're not doing it. They're confusing the people. God is not the author of confusion. We have this Bible, and it is the truth. And it's here for us that we can then do these things. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I'm going to read 51 through 58. Bear with me. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruption must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So in this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So I want you to understand in this verse 58, it says, For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain, but then he gives a little bit of qualifying here, in the Lord. In the Lord. That's where we need to be all the time in the Lord. You know, and, and you know, he starts out in verse one. Behold, you know, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. What he's saying is pretty much there is we're not all going to die, but we're all going to be changed. Oh yes, we're going. It's a change that we're just waiting for, because this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal much put on immortality. We're changed. We're changed. We're not the same. At the last trump, for the trump shall sound, 
You know, and we see all these things. You know, the saying, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where's our sting? We were just reading. There's no sting in death. There's no sting. See, we know the end, don't we? From reading this, we gain the victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So there should be no sting in death. But thanks be to God. I'm talking about good. Thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have that victory through our Lord Jesus. And we need to thank God for these things. But while we're upon this earth, look what he says. Paul writes, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable. So until that time comes that he says, come up to me, enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. When he says, but until that day, he says, what are we to be doing? We are to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. So he's going to keep us busy during this time. He's going to busy, keep us busy. Abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. As long as you're in the Lord, the laboring that you're doing in this world is not in vain. You're not doing it's it's not you're not doing it for nothing. Because it's in the Lord. In the Lord. You know, that's why he says, you know what? Lay not upon, upon the earth, you know, what is it? Lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. That's what we need to do. Where moth and, moth and rust doth, doth not corrupt, and where thieves can't break through and steal. For where, what does he say? For where your heart is, there will your treasure be also. Where's your heart? Is it in the Lord? If it's in the Lord, your heart, your treasure is up in heaven. Not on earth. Because there's going to come a day when this earth is going to be destroyed. And if you happen to be here that time, your gold, your money, your house, everything you own is going to melt with a fervent heat. It's going to go away. What manner of persons ought ye to be? This is, this is nothing. All of this is going to go away. Where is our treasure? That's why he says your treasure should be in heaven, not on earth. That's why he's telling us that. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let's... Let's start at verse 6. I don't know. I'm going to probably go to other verses in here, but at verse 6. Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Paul continues to write, we are confident. Remember how I talk about that? We are confident. So Paul says, I'm confident, you're confident. If you're a child of God, 
He's including you in that we are confident. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore, we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. I'm going to go on to verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. You know, we walk by faith, not by sight. Look at chapter 4 and verse 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Yeah. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. That's where we're laying up our treasures in heaven. We can't really see it up there, Brother Roger, can we? We can see it by faith, let's put it that way. But it says, what? We walk by faith, not by sight. I can't see it up there, but by faith, I know it's up there. So I believe that it's there. I believe that it's there. Because the things which we see, the things that are temporal, temporary. It's not going to be here forever. Sooner or later, it's all going to go away. Look in verse 1 of chapter 5. For we know that if our earthly house at his tabernacle, our body, were dissolved, we have a building of God and a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desire to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. Look at this. Isn't it amazing? If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. We don't have nothing to worry about, do we? See, we worry too much about things that we have no control over, don't we? We like to do that, don't we? I think that's part of our nature, isn't it, to worry about things we have no control over. But guys pretty much don't worry about it. Why does he say not worry about it? I've got it. I've got it. That's what he said. I've got it. I'm in control. I'll take care of it. Kind of like, don't worry your pretty little head about it. I've got it. <laughs> you know, and that's the way it is. So we look at it, you know, absent from the body, present with the Lord. That's what we were just talking about. When we close our eyes in death, we open our eyes in heaven. Because we have faith, right? We walk by faith, not by sight. So we know that when we die, yeah, there's a body in that casket, isn't there? There's a body in that casket, but that soul is not there. That soul has already went to be with him. What is this? Some glad morning. I'll fly away. I'm going to fly away. I'm going to go. You're going to go to be with the Lord. Look at Philippians chapter 1. This is where... Uh,
Philippians chapter 1, verses 23 and 24. This is where, where I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. We can see that to abide in the flesh, to abide here upon earth is more needful for us to be here. We don't know who we're going to edify, who we're going to build up. You know, Brother Roger, when he was working in the mall, he, he, he interacted with a lot of people telling them about the Lord. You know, Brother Roger didn't know if that was going to have an effect upon their life. That's not his, that's not his responsibility for that. His responsibility was to talk to these people about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And that's what we need to do. And that's what he's saying here. That we're there for him all the time. We're going to go to Romans chapter 8. We're going to read 35 through 39. I'm sure Brother Roger knew where I was going to go. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword, any of those things separate us from the love of God? No. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more conquerors through him that loved us. Who is him that loved us? Jesus Christ. For I am persuaded that neither death, there's the first thing. He says, for I am persuaded. I am very confident. In fact, he's not these. I am extremely confident, completely convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, even death, death cannot separate us from the love of Christ, can it? Not at all. In fact, I think it's just going to make it better for us. It's going to make better for us, death, because we're going to be with him. We're going to be with Jesus Christ. We're going to be like Mary. We're going to want to be what? Sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to him as he talks to us. Now I want to read another thing from Spurgeon. It is a curious fact that there is such a thing as being proud of grace. A man says, I have great faith. I shall not fall. Poor little faith may, but I never shall. I have fervent love, says another. I can stand. There is no danger of my going astray. He who boasts of grace has little grace to boast of. Some who do this imagine that their graces can keep them, knowing not that the stream must flow constantly from the fountainhead or else the brook will soon be dry. 
If a continuous stream of oil comes not to the lamp, though it burn brightly today, it will smoke tomorrow and noxious will be its scent. Take heed that thou gloriest not in thy graces, but let all thy glory and confidence be in Christ and his strength. For only so canst thou be kept from falling. Be much more in prayer. Spend longer time in holy adoration. Read the scriptures more earnestly and constantly. Watch your lives more carefully. Live nearer to God. Taste, take the best examples for your pattern. Let your conversation be redolent of heaven. Let your hearts be perfumed with affection for men's souls. So live that men may take knowledge of you that you have been with Jesus and have learned of him. And when that happy day shall come, notice he says, when that happy day shall come, when he whom thou love shall say, come up higher. May it be your happiness to hear him say, Thou hast fought a good fight, thou hast finished thy course, and henceforth there is laid up for thee a crown of righteousness which fadeth not away. On, Christian, with care and caution, on with holy fear and trembling, oh, with faith and confidence in Jesus alone, and let your constant petition be, uphold me according to thy word. He is able and he alone to keep you from falling and to prevent you present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. That's how we need to be living our lives. That's how we need to be. So live that men may take knowledge of you that you have been with Jesus and have learned from him. And look at what it says, and when that happy day shall come. They're talking about death. It's a happy day. When he whom thou love shall say, come up higher. That's what he's going to say. Come. Come up higher. May it be your happiness to hear him say, Thou hast fought a good fight. Oh, I can't wait to hear those words. Thou hast got a, fought a good fight. Thou hast finished thy course. And henceforth, there is laid up for thee a crown of righteousness, which fadeth not away. Ah, isn't he? It's, it's just, it just helps us just live our lives holy and devoted unto him. Just going on. Turn to Revelation. I, just in closing, I'm just going to read a couple of scriptures here. Roman, uh, yeah, Romans, I got Revelation chapter 14. Verse 13. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, this is John, said unto me, write, blessed are the dead, which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. Now, we've heard this a couple times now. In the Lord. We need to be in the Lord. I want to write, I want to read Chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. You know, John says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. So this earth in which we live is gone. He says, For the first heaven and the first earth 
are passed away. They're gone. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he shall dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Do we understand that? And God himself shall be with us on this new heaven and this new earth. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Former things are passed away. Now we need to understand that in verse 1, what is, what is, what does John say? Since I saw a new heaven, but he goes on, a new heaven and a new earth. A new heaven and a new earth. And God is going to dwell with us there. And I know as Brother Roger was, when I was talking with him the other day, you know, you know, with Caroline, there's no more pain. There's no more sorrow. There's no more crying. She closed her eyes in death and opened her eyes in heaven. And I venture to say one of the first people that were probably going to greet her was her mama. Sister Barbara was there to greet her. You know what a time that is going to be. You know, when our Jesus we shall see. When I look upon his faith, face, the one who saved me by his grace, that day is going to come. Day is going to come. Let's not worry about it. Just look on it with joy. I know that's hard to do. We're going to go home. We're going to go home. That's what it is. It's a homecoming, We're going to, and it's going to be a family reunion. I thank you for your kind attention today. Does anybody have a song in closing?